What up, podcast fam? Before we get into this week's episode, I want to remind everybody that this weekend, Sunday, January 26th, the flow nominal event known as Anna Floetry is going down at the world-famous Broward Center for the Performing Arts. It's brought to you by none other than the good brother, Quick the Poet. Limited tickets are left. Get over to Ticketmaster.com, get your tickets, and be part of Anna Floetry. Not to be missed. Now let's get into this episode. Laces IPA, Stick Figure, and Duck. and Easter podcast. Today we're recording out of um, one of the first breweries and tap rooms in Winwood's Arts, Di- Arts District. And the reason that I'm here is because my guest, who is uh, one of the many faces you might see on their IG stories, and owner of one of the most glorious beers I've seen in a while, and a beer missionary, which we'll get into what that is, but I am speaking of none other than Mr. Dave Rodriguez. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Dave, no, it's a pleasure, man. How are we doing today? Fantastic. Cool, Got cool. A beer in my hand, talking brews, beats, and eats. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. No complaints. No complaints. <laughs> it could be worse. <laughs> it could be worse. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yes, sir. Um, Dave, so, I mean, I want to get into what beer missionary is, but first, sure. I want to go back a little further. Okay. And what got you into beer to begin with? Oh, man. That's a loaded statement, but I'll, I'll give got it a you. shot. So, oh, well, we got time, too. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's good. It's good. It's, uh, I like to think it's a unique uh, career path in the sense that. I uh, I got into beer at the at the ripe age of eighteen when I realized why there's so many different types of beers out there. Okay, right? you know, and everybody drinks the same usual suspects. But at the end of the day, I couldn't legally buy beer, right? Mm. So I said, well, what if I could buy the ingredients to make beer? And so I tried, and, and it worked out. Like I, I was able to order all the ingredients to make beer. I okay. might be throwing on the bus so many people that don't know they can sell <laughs> beer like that. But if you're motivated enough to make a beer on your own at home, yeah, um, why not? And I was brewing beer at that young age and just honing my skill and uh, making beers that didn't exist because I could. Mm. And through that, I was just really I love the idea of craft brewing about the variety, the flavor, the light, the dark, the malty, the hoppy. Okay. And that's what kind of got me into beer, and, and from there I met I met Luis, the uh, founder of Winwood Brewing, or okay. founder to be, okay. at uh, at FIU. Wow. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> now at this point you were probably well no FIU are you still not legal to drink beer at this point? The, the first half of college, but okay. toward, towards the end I mean they, they have a brewing class there which is fantastic. Really. I encourage people to, to take it because you you learn about home brewing and Professor Gump is fantastic. He's like a wealth of knowledge. And okay. through that, we, we started what's called Brew FIU, a beer club with some other guys that are in the biz. Nice. And that's uh, arguably a lot of the people that are running craft beer in Miami came from there. Wow. Whether it's, you know, 
the tank, whether it's MIA, whether it's Jay Wakefield, whether all, all these different breweries have roots that go back to FIU and, and specifically the brewing class. Wow. Yeah. So wow. it's cool. You know, we all kind of came from there. And they say college is not for everybody. No. Like, <laughs> like, like, I made it work. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you, you get what you put into it, I guess. Or oh, absolutely. What your experience, what you want your experience to be, you could kind of make it that. You know, and, and it's so interesting you say that because it's true. But what's interesting is that there were so many people, and it's, a, it's an elective, obviously, right? Like okay. I, my, my degree is in hospitality management Okay. Uh, with a minor in beverage. So I took wine classes, liquor classes. I mean, I was sauced up most of the school. <laughs> but I got college credits. For scientific purposes. For scientific, uh, strictly scientific purposes. Yeah. But some people would just go to the beer class and like fall asleep. I'm like, fall asleep during math, fall asleep in like yeah. history. Pay attention in beer class. Yeah. That's the class. Yeah. You should like be alert. Well, depending what time of day, but <laughs> yeah. be excited. You're making beer. You're drinking beer. For you real. So, for real. Uh, uh, brewing. Um, I, I have a. I, I tell this story once in a while on the podcast where I have a at-home brew kit that I haven't cracked it open yet. Okay. I got, well. I opened it and kind of looked through everything. Yeah. And I said, Yeah, this isn't something that I'm just gonna slap together like a like a like a brownie. Uh, mix kit at, right. you know, from Dunkin' I like this is going to take a little more than just me you know mixing a couple ingredients together throwing it in the oven and walking away from I mean I mean the, the, this the the level of um, how everything has to be sanitized it's like so I'll, I'll let you build on that sure like, um, yeah you're absolutely right I mean brewing it anybody can make beer to make good beer in my opinion you have to do a couple of different things you okay. have to you know, you have to obviously keep a clean and sanitary work environment because beer is highly susceptible to bacterial contamination. Okay. It won't kill you. It'll just make it taste bad. Yeah. Um, you have to be very measured and precise because there's been plenty of times when I brewed a fantastic beer and I'm like, shit, what, what were the ingredients? What was the steps? And then and you can never replicate, replicate it. it. Yeah. Ah. So it's great note-taking. It's, it's obviously sanitation and cleanliness. And the three biggest things for me are, are monitoring your time, temperature, and volume. You have okay. different reactions that happen, and they need to happen for a certain amount of time. Uh, they happen at a specific temperature, and when it comes to volume, that's the quantity in which you make beer. So, okay. again, if you could, if you can make like a soup or a stew, that's okay. like the basics of making beer, except there's that extra step of fermentation, or okay. carbonation. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's not as easy as like a, a, a you know a cake from a box or whatever, yeah. but. I don't know. I, I, I can see it both ways. To make really good beer is a challenge. It's a challenge. Yeah. You're saying, <laughs> so uh, So often, you know, I, I come across beers that have um, their availability, sure. whether it's um, year-round, um, seasonal, rotating. Rotating is a tricky one because to me, what I get from rotating when I read rotating is whenever we feel like making it, we'll make it. <laughs> um, and I'm wondering if someone forgetting the exact same steps on how to replicate something might make it a rotating beer. Like, hey, if it comes back to us. Could, but is, what is rotating? Could be. Well, you know, so I think um, when, when it comes down to it, you know, and, all, and diff, you know, all breweries are different in this, re in this respect. So okay. you've got your core beers, your year-round offerings. So okay. beers that you can consistently find at the tap rooms, if you're in distribution, on draft at your favorite bar or restaurant, or in bottles and cans at your supermarket. So these are your cores, your standbys, they're always around, always available. Then you've got like your seasonal beers, which might be like your Oktoberfest beer that only comes out, you know, 
August, September, October. You yeah. Got, like your winter beers. Okay. I say that loosely, considering you know we're in Florida. Flo- the, we have this nice little cold front. So yeah, it's yeah like, but that's the most we're getting. That's the most we'll get. We're not getting exactly feet of snow. Yeah. But really, it's it's kind of to add variety and to add spice to what we're doing is like people. Some people are very content and happy drinking the same blonde or the same IPA or the mm. same porter. Yeah. But others, while they enjoy that, they they look forward to the to the change of seasons, quote unquote, or okay. to like what's new and exciting. So what we the way we do it is we have our standbys, our everyday beers, we have our seasonals that kind of fluctuate and maybe come around for a few months and then be go- and they're gone until next okay. year. Then you have the limited beers, which okay. is like you brewed one batch, when it's gone, it's gone. And I think it's just more of supply and demand. Like yeah. you're creating the hype, you're creating the excitement around mm. something. I'll be honest with you, with beer, we can make a limited beer year round. Then it wouldn't be limited. But it, yes. It's like having Christmas every day. It wasn't yeah, so yeah. special about it. Takes it takes you know away the I mean? mystique from it. Right. So yeah. a perfect example is our Coquito, which okay. is uh, you know, our founders are Puerto Rican, so Coquito being, you know, a form of Caribbean eggnog, if you will. Correct. Yes. We, we take we take a you know, an imperial milk style, we age it in Puerto Rican rum barrels. And we mm. ferment it with, with cinnamon, with cardamom, with vanilla, yeah. with toasted coconut. It's, it's a very rich and delicious holiday beer. We could offer it in summer, but it probably wouldn't sell as good. It doesn't have the same allure when it's like you think yeah. of the holidays. So yeah. I think with beer, we have the most flexibility. Okay. Whereas, for example, when it comes to like wine, you have one harvest per year. Like that's mm. it. Like the fruit isn't going to be on the vine yeah. 24-7. Yeah. So we have more control in that regard. But um, it's really up to us kind of what's year-round, what's seasonal, what's okay. rotating, what's limited. Okay. Yeah, The um, actually the, the day we met or the day I had approached you was for the uh, Coquito release last year. Yep. Black Friday. Came through. Had a glass. Um, it's definitely... It definitely has its place. It is more of a winter thing because I don't see myself at the beach sitting there no. putting back snifters <laughs> over there. It's 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 a filling beer. Yep. But it does the job. Sure. It definitely has the what is it a ten? Is it a ten ABV or uh, nine and a half? Nine yeah. and a half. Okay. But yeah, exactly. But, and it fits its purpose. Yeah. Whereas La Rubia would be the beer I would say that's your beach beer. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. You're gonna be there for a while. You're, yeah. you're out there, you know, catching sun. You're you're hydrating with it, and it's easier to hydrate with La Rubia. Absolutely. For sure for sure um, do you remember the, f- the first time you put together uh, you brewed beer and it was something you drank and you were like yeah this is really good oh man um, well yeah I do I would I would say we have to go back probably now eight and a half nine years okay to Northwest 2nd Avenue and uh, in Wynwood at 36th Street this was back before we would exist. Okay, yeah. So we, um, we, were, we were, Luis and I were brewing La Rubia, or what would become La Rubia, but it was just such a stubborn beer because we knew we wanted. We just, when we brewed a batch, we, we tasted it. We're like, this is good, but it's not it. Yeah. So we kept making tweaks and keep making adjustments. That wasn't that beer. However, Pops Porter, when we first brewed that beer mm. and we tasted it, like the clouds opened up, like sun. It was, it was. I'm not kidding. It was like magic. Yeah. And it was a beer that we said, hey, this will probably make a good porter recipe based on what we know, based on brewing some porters and stouts. Yeah. The first whack at it, man, it was just, it was done. It was it. Wow. We, we thought, what, what, what do we want to change about this? And we're like, not a damn thing. Wow. And that beer, of course, this, the, the, the story behind that beer is that Pops was retired. Uh, enjoying life, you know, in, okay. in Central Florida, and you know, Luis approached him saying, "Hey, I, I need some funding to open a brewery." You know, college kid asking for money, right? Yeah, typical. And, and, <laughs> and so 
He's like, okay, well, leave your business plan here. I'll review it. Get back to you. All right. He reviewed it, and uh, he told Luis, well, I'll do it, but on one condition. So what, what, what's that? Said, well, you got to brew a beer and name it after me. And we're like, okay, nice. challenge accepted. Yeah. Pops Porter, like, I'm telling you, when he fell in love with that beer, it was like, like that, instantly. Yeah. So, I mean, Pops loves to grill, loves okay. to barbecue, loves to chill, and that's a perfect meat beer, a perfect grilling beer. Okay. Smoked foods, grilled foods, barbecue. It just, it holds up to those flavors, and that beer went on to win gold medal at the Great American Beer Festival, which is like the Olympics of beer. Wow. Happens every year in Denver, Colorado. Okay. Mo- you know, a lot of breweries attend from the United States, breweries internationally, and we won best porter in the nation. The first year we opened, and it happened to be Pops' birthday that day. No I'm way. not lying. Talk about alignment. So he wore that medal around his neck, I feel like, out to eat. With good to reason. To sleep. Like, that, that yeah. was his. And, but see, here's the thing. With, with that, like, we knew we were making good beer mm-hmm. to our standards. But having that kind of national stage, having that validation. Yeah. Saying you brewed a porter that fits the style guideline that all beers are measured upon of that same category. That just said that, like, Miami's making noise. Yeah. And they're making noise with, with a brewery in Winwood and for a dark beer. It was like, you know, it was crazy. Yeah. It was amazing. That's, that's some recognition for sure. Um, <laughs> it's funny because typically when kids ask their parents for money for school, they don't usually go, it's for a beer. Yeah. <laughs> just flat out honestly, at the end of the day, like, yeah. making a brew, man. I need some cash. No, we got to make this happen. <laughs> no, that's, that's excellent. Actually, I think I, I got the opportunity to, to meet Pops. Oh, yeah. That same thing. He's very friendly, He's, outgoing guy. Yes. He made sure he said hello. I was here with a, a couple of good friends of mine, a cousin of mine, a real good friend of mine. And uh, and he made sure he came over and said hello to us yep. and uh, and Pops, I kind of put two and two together and I was like yeah it's probably the situation he um he's like our unofficial brewery mascot in the nice. sense that like he is just like just the way you see him on social media is the way he is in person like he's just happy he's enjoying life he this is like his house and he, he wants to make everybody that walks in those front doors feel like family yeah so it'll be a packed Saturday here he'll be drinking beer having a good time eating some food. You know, go around every table and shake their hand. Say, hey, I'm Pops. How you doing? Is everything all right? Like, not because he has to, just because he wants to. Yeah. It's just that... That level of like, hey, welcome, you know, you know, Mikasa, Mikasa, correct. Pretty much. Nice. So, um, it's it's good. It's a family feel. You there know? you go. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's always a plus to have when you work, you know, at any place you work at, anytime. Yeah. You don't never want to go too big, too corporate because you kind of lose that. Sure. Um, and along along with the fact that you get to drink beer at work, but <laughs> keeps us level headed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so that was eight, about eight or nine years ago. You guys, you know, came across Pops Porter. How long after that did you guys finally settle on La Rubia? Like where you guys got it to the point where? Yeah. Uh, well, La Rubia was so La Rubia was stubborn in the sense of in a beer that's so light that it's very clean and crisp. Any any ingredient is really gonna make a. It's you're gonna tell its flavor contribution. Okay. So. Not to say that we brewed a dark beer pops porter and we hit a bunch of crap in there because you can't taste it. Mm-hmm. Dark beers are more resilient to, mm-hmm. to changes in ingredients, but we wanted a beer that just was light, but not too light, that had flavor, but not too like just the right amount of everything. Okay. So I'd say it was about half a dozen batches that we, we changed mm-hmm. the yeast a couple times. Okay. And we settled on a German ale yeast. Mm-hmm. The reason is because it drinks like a lager, even though it's an ale. So, you know, most of the large name domestics and imports are lagers. That's what okay. most of us are accustomed to. 
this beer caters to those people. And another another key ingredient is that we use um, Saz hops. They come from Czech Republic. Okay. So again, most European lagers will utilize Saz hops because they're very delicate, they're floral. So just the combination of these ingredients mm -hmm. really, I think, caters to the Miami palate. You know okay. what I mean? It's, it's, it's a beer that people could say down here, right? La Rubia. Yeah. And so the name brings them in, but the liquid doesn't disappoint because it's very light and refreshing, but it still has our own little, like, Sasson, you know, okay, yeah, yeah, the, the, the signature is that's kind of like a signature feel in South yeah. Florida, yeah, dope, dope. Um, after that, the next, then at what point did you guys start doing limited release stuff? Oh man, so <laughs> we we wanted to do it sooner than later, but the yeah. problem was, you know, around 2015 2016. We we couldn't keep up with demand, like so it was it was a good problem, problem. but it's a good, good problem. problem exactly. Yeah. So um, I'd say six months into us, you know, opening, we had to triple our capacity. So back in the day, we, we used to have so much space in the back. We'd drive that forklift, do some donuts. Yeah. Now we can only go forward and back because we added all these new tanks. Okay. But um, even with those additions, I mean, we had our wholesaler picking up beer from us you know, twice a week. And if you're a restaurant or bar, depending on what day of the week you ordered beer, mm. was whether you were getting beer or not. Wow. it would sell out that fast. Okay. And we just started bottling. So um, we had a very, what I would call primitive bottling line. Yeah. So it would take about five people, you know, four and a half hours to make 300 cases of beer. That would last two days, if that. Wow. So we were like up against the wall. Like we just, we can't brew enough of La Rubia, let alone fill the rest of our drafts in our tap room. Um, that's when we were about to pull out a massive multi-million dollar loan and really put everything we own as collateral and take a huge risk. But we had uh, we had CBA come in and give us a hand, which is uh, Craft Brew Alliance. Okay. So nice. they're they're amazing company. I mean, they, they have breweries like Kona out of okay. Hawaii, okay. Widmer Brothers out of Portland, Oregon, All Red right. Hook from Seattle. So a lot of West okay. Coast breweries, and yeah. they have uh, Cisco Brewers in Nantucket. Appalachian Mount Brewery and Omission. So they said, hey, here's what we can do for you, you know. Let's invest in you guys. And at the same token, we have a brewery in Portsmouth, New Hampshire that can produce, you know, 3,000 gallons of beer because we only produce 500 gallons here. Wow. So we're like, wow, that's a substantial, yeah. you know, difference. Uptick right, yeah. exactly. So we had our brewmaster go up there, check it out, make sure everything was up to spec. Uh, and they were able to replicate our beer to our specifications okay. and finally help us grow because we were only selling beer in Dade County when in reality we could have sold beer in Broward and Palm Beach down in the Keys okay. I mean without them we wouldn't be able to be doing any of this like okay. we would just be stuck and there's only so long that a bar can hear oh we're out of stock we're out of stock before they take especially you off the especially here oh especially turn and burn oh yeah with the amount of tourists that come yeah. in and then them wanting to have an experience of Miami and some, or South Florida and somebody tells them, oh yeah, there's a beer that's brewed right here. Right. You don't have to say much more. Sure. <laughs> and, and you're right, because people come all over the world to eat and drink as we do. I know when I, whenever I travel, I want to do as the locals do. I want to yeah. see what the city or the town or the state has, has to, to offer. offer. Bingo. Yeah, makes sense. So we're lucky that with, you know, because you never know who you're getting in bed with, right? Like sure. the other day, it's like, well, do you have my best interest in mind? And yeah. this was a very long and thought out procedure. It's like, do we want to do this? And at the end of the day, I think it was the right decision because we have full control over the process, over the ingredients, over how the beer is produced, the consistency. We were able to, you know, 
lower the price of the beer because they were able to, you know, they order larger quantities of raw materials. So it all kind of lined up to where we could satisfy the demand and grow our business without sacrificing our quality. Nice. So it was, trust me, like, like I said before, we wouldn't have 18 beers on tap if, if it wasn't for CBA helping produce okay. some of our beer on our behalf. Wow. Yeah. Dope. Excellent. Excellent. 18 beers on tap. Uh, there's something for everybody. Oh, yeah. I know um, I had the opportunity to, before we got into this to sample the Laces IPA. My, my peoples, my listeners know that I'm not a big IPA fan. Um, there's, there's, I have a, uh, there's some that are starting to grow on me. And um, I don't know if that's just from finding the ones that appeal to me or, or just developing a taste for them because you know I try to I, I at least try to have a little bit of everything or give it a shot once. Um, this one definitely it had the citrus on there, but it didn't have that back end where you're like, okay, I gotta put this down for a while and I really don't feel the need to go back and take another sip because I can kind of still taste this. Sure. So I, I, I dug it. Um, I know kind of went all over the place here. Yeah. Uh, hops, malt, yeast, water. Those are yep. the four ingredients to deal with. Um, the the inclusion of and this is like I don't know if I I don't think I touched on it yet, but this is like the reason I started the podcast was because I I like beer, but I didn't know a lot about it. Um, I, I have a pretty strong opinion about music, especially when it comes to hip hop. And and everybody eats food, and I have a favorite dish, and most people do. Sure. Um, but but the hope was to get people on the show that could kind of give people information something that they're not used to coming across on the you know on the average. So let's go back to the, the four ingredients and how how that works for making a beer. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of a brief run through through the process. Okay. Um, yeah, you got your, your, your malt, your hops, your water, your yeast. So one of the benefits of beer is that, you know, you can brew it whenever. Like I said before, you don't have to wait for, I mean, there is a time to harvest barley, wheat, and hops, but they store well. So you're able to, you know, warehouse, or you're able to buy. Most wineries, the idea of that is like, here's, here's acres of land, right? Here's your vineyard, here's your winery. It's all kind of tied together. Like, there's no way that barley grows in Florida. Hops yeah. can grow in South Florida. I've done it, mm-hmm. but it's not effective in the sense that when summer comes, those plants, they fry. It's too hot. Okay. So there's really not a lot of natural influence in the way of traditional beer ingredients that we could put our stamp on it, but we can use adjuncts in the sense of fruits, spices, herbs, okay. and so on. So but going back to the process, essentially we're um, you know, you're taking barley, um, you're cracking it in your mill, so you're going to crack the husk open, okay. you mix it with hot water. So what you're doing is you're making a mash. Okay. Uh, when you make the mash, you're converting your starch into sugar, and think of it like a big oatmeal kind of like consistency yeah like and, and mind you back and you'll see back there you don't have machines that stir for us we don't have rakes we don't have so our, our brewers have the perfect dad bod right they have they have the <laughs> yeah. guns and they have the guns <laughs> yeah. so so we're there and we're just stirring all this stuff and it's like cement it's thick yeah. once the once the starches convert to sugar we then transfer the liquid into the kettle okay. and we boil it at the point of boiling is when we add the hops now hops they grow in the Pacific Northwest, they grow in Europe, they grow in uh, Australia, New Zealand. There's so many, you know, and, and hops are like grapes in the sense of wherever they're grown, they they pick up those flavors. Okay. So like terroir, right? That's the French word of pretty much all the flavors that influence the final product. So, and, and it all depends on the hours of sunlight the hops receive, the inches of precipitation, wow. the elevation, the soil composition, all these different things really, you know, 
have a, have a flavor that comes through. So we add the hops in the boil, right? So beer like La Rubia, not very hoppy. Yeah. We'll add a few hops here and there. Beer like Laces IPA, very hoppy. Yeah. So we'll hop it throughout the process. And then hops, again, they, they have different potency levels measured in alpha acids. They have different aromatics. Some are more citrusy, some are more dank, some are more earthy. Okay. Some are more tropical fruit. So it, it really, it, like, there's so much variability yeah. when it comes to the flavors. And people think, oh, there's only four ingredients in beer. You know, it's going to be the same. Like, it, it's all different yeah. when it comes to where you get them and what flavors are. And then after that, after we boil it and we add the hops, we're going to chill the beer. At this point, it's considered work, pre-fermented okay. beer. We're going to add yeast and put it into one of our fermenters. So that's okay. kind of the, you know, summarized version of okay. recent beer. Um, and different beers play off of, or rather showcase different ingredients. So where an IPA is going to say, hey, these are the hops front and center. You're going to have a Belgian beer, like our father Francisco. Mm-hmm. The main flavor you get on that beer is the yeast. Ah, uh, okay. 100%. Whereas a beer like, say, El Barrio, our barley wine, is all malt-driven. So each beer tends to highlight its own ingredient. We have other beers that are, you know, like Capo Jose, our coffee porter. We have Panther Coffee into the beer. So it's, yes, it's a porter that already has coffee notes, but here we just amplified that. Okay. Um, Same thing with our Caribbean Sour. We, we, We intentionally infect a beer with bacteria to okay. make it sour, which you would dread in any of your other beers. <laughs> yeah. But here we're doing it on purpose, okay. and we're adding fruits like you know passion fruit, pineapple, and mango. Nice. Um, so really, it's the sky's the limit. With, yeah. with just the four ingredients, you could do so much. And then you factor in fruits, herbs, spices, barrel aging. The sky's the limit. Wow. It really is. I think if uh, when I ever become bold enough and find enough time to brew my own beer, the moment that it tastes, <laughs> it's a taste infected, I'm going to call it a sour. I'll be like, it started off as a pale ale, but now it's a sour. Enjoy. Right. Drink up, everybody. This was on purpose. <laughs> yeah, it was all part of my strategy. Yeah. But I mean, I'll tell you too, like, it's funny you mention that because I feel, absolutely, you're right. So in certain Belgian beers, you want to stress the yeast. Yeah. You want it to hit a high temperature that's going to kick out funky esters, phenolics, just that that funk that you want. Okay. But if you were to have that in like a, an American ale, mm-hmm. whether it's a pale or a blonde, it's going to be off character. It's not okay. going to taste how it's meant to be. Yeah. So well, I remember when I started homebrewing, my goal as a homebrewer and most homebrewers at the time was to make the clearest beer possible because as a homebrewer, we don't have access to filters. Yeah. I mean, you could buy them. They're really expensive and it's not cost effective. It doesn't really make sense. Okay. So, you know, we do different things like you age the beer as cold as you can or you would use gelatin because it would actually filter the beer mm. um, and now I feel like the trend has shifted to like the hazier the better so okay. someone was like oh the beer's yeah. hazy like it's supposed to be like that. you know what I mean <laughs> like clear beer what's that for <laughs> yeah right clear beer so who like, does that anymore everything I tried to do as a home brewer is completely thrown out the window uh, right? you know, nowadays. but who knows it's a yeah. trend we'll time see. changes times yeah. change thing uh, yeah. Dave man I, I mean a, a wealth of information um, yeah. you answered all of our questions we got to know you um, the location of the brewery is is it 545 565 565 Northwest, Northwest 24th Street yes sir you guys come check him out he told you he has 18 beers on tap you're bound to find something you like probably more than one because <laughs> between La Rubia Pops Porter Father Francisco the ones that I've tried and the ones that I always go back to they're excellent beers um, any other um, I don't know, they could follow you anymore, or just, was it uh, Winwood Brewing, IG? Yeah, I mean, 
I don't know that you really want to follow me. I mean, I'm all, <laughs> all you're going to find on me is like beer, family, and like okay. hunting. <laughs> so if you want, if you want that, I'm going to be bored by that. <laughs> my, my IG is Brew Daddy Dave. Okay. But definitely follow Winwood Brewing. Okay. At Winwood Brewing, uh, IG, Twitter, Facebook. Um, that Honestly, that's the best way to find out what new rotating beers we're going to have okay. in, what new seasonals. We're always innovating and putting on new products. So that's how you stay connected. I promise you we're not going to spam you with any kind of you you know, garbage. It's all just, hey, take it or leave it. We got this beer. If you don't like it, wait for the next one. Exactly. So like you said, something for everybody. Excellent. Uh, brews, Beats, and Eats. We went heavy on the brews, and that doesn't stop because the next segment is the brews, and we're going to get into it. So uh, stay tuned. Too much to drink. We shine without flossing that bling bling at the pub with the buds. Picture of Yingling. Brews, Beats, and Eats. We have arrived at the brews portion. I still got Dave with me, uh, Winwood Brewing. We're still recording in Winwood Brewing, and uh, we've arrived at the portion where I typically, typically, I pour four beers for my guests, and uh, they sip the beers, and then they give me their opinion on them, and then we get kind of get into like a ranking as to which one they like the most, which one they like the least. This is a little different, because I am a guest in your house. <laughs> <laughs> More than welcome. And you have all the beer. I have all and, the beer. And the one thing I've learned from living in South Florida is like, you don't bring sand to the beach. <laughs> So, I love that expression. So, and it fits. So, Dave was so gracious uh, to pour four beers. Uh, I have four beers in front of me, and I'm going to taste them. He's going to give us a little background on each one of the beers, um, and we'll go from there. You down, Dave? Cool? I'd love to do it. Cool. All right, so this first one. Let's see. Where we start? Uh, left or right? Let's go left. Arroz con leche. Arroz con leche. Okay. So, this is our response to your traditional holiday Thanksgiving-style pumpkin beer. Okay. Which... Yeah, pumpkin is good and all, but our Latin twist to it is arroz con leche. Now, people that know arroz con leche might be concerned, oh, it's going to be very sweet. Mm. That's not the case. Okay. So it's a beer first. It's based on a blonde ale, and it has the various spices commonly found in arroz con leche. Arroz con leche. Vanilla, cinnamon, a little bit of cardamom, and ginger. Okay. Let me, let's give this one a go. Yeah. It, it's Actually, it's, it's kind of weird because I'm typically the one <laughs> talking while the guest is drinking, but... Go for it. I got, I got small talk. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. It's different. That's really good. It, yeah, for a spiced beer, like the biggest thing, I mean, when we make these beers, I mean, we, we can brew anything. When okay. I say that loosely in the sense of you can make, if you really love watermelon, you could add, you know, 100 pounds of watermelon to beer. If you really love peppermint, you could add bushels of peppermint. But at the end of the day, does it have drinkability? Okay. That's the biggest thing for yeah. us. Like, yeah. So, while it is a spiced beer, it is drinkable, in our opinion. Yeah. For some people, it might not be enough. For other people, it's like too much. So we kind of have a sort of unanimous baseline from all of our, you know, our brewers, okay. uh, our employees, and it's like here's how we want it to taste. So that's where this beer came from. That yeah, that's that's a good. Um, and when uh, when I'm listening to you talk about drinkability, um, I'm a, I'm a fan of ciders. I think ciders. Uh, well, like we said, you know, we talked earlier about the usual suspects, um, you know, your Bud Lights, Miller Lights, Michelob, Ultra, sure. Michelob before the Ultras, because I'm a little older than, I think I'm <laughs> older than the Ultra Beer, <laughs> so, um, but uh, those were the usual suspects, and then when I started branching out, um, ciders caught my attention, I was like, oh, this is not bad, it's pretty good, um, but definitely ciders are something that they do have a lot of uh, sweet, and after a while, the drinkability is like, okay, I think I've had too many of these, these are... 
I know what you mean. So this definitely has a a, a hint of, of a sweetness, but it's not overpowering, and it's not something that is going to stay with me to the point that it's like, all right, after one or two, I'm done. Yeah, and I, I think you, you nailed it on the head. Like when when you first sip it, it tastes like it's going to be sweet, but then the finish is nice and dry. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Excellent. What's the ABV on that one? 5%. 5%. So kind of middle of the road there. Middle of the road. A little bit more than what you're used to, considering the user suspects have, what, 4.1, 4.2 around Exactly. There. Nice, exactly. nice. That one did the job. Typically, I ask my guests at this point, once they're sampled the first beer, and they give me their opinion, I ask them about their earliest beer memories. I think we kind of touched that with you. Yeah. Earliest uh, beer memories. Pretty you much. said you, you weren't old enough to drink <laughs> beer, so you started making so beer. I started making it. Um, <laughs> Do you remember what, maybe one occasion when, um, see, that's another thing too is typically the first time I had a beer, I, that's one situation, but then the first time I enjoyed a beer yep. was a whole other situation. So the first time you enjoyed a beer when you said, oh, this is really good. Oh, man. First time I really enjoyed a beer, I would say, man, I got the wheels turning. Mm. <laughs> man. Not to toot my own horn, but I made a wheat beer, a German-style wheat beer, a Hefeweizen that... It's my, my parents, they, you know, when I was younger, I was like a year old, I was, I was like a little kid. They, they lived in Germany for a year. So, my, you know, there's a lot of, like, different artifacts, like, you know, the glass stein or, like, the cuckoo clock that they have at my house. Okay. And my dad, he, he enjoys wheat beers. So he's like, man, it'd be cool if, you know, brew wheat beers. Yeah, see how it comes out. And they're a very forgiving beer to brew. Um, okay. The yeast is the main player. So uh, they put out clove and banana notes to it when you okay. ferment it. And it was, it was the first beer I brewed. I thought I messed it up early on because it was about to boil over, but I quickly saved it. I recovered. And when we went to drink it, um, it was it was a good beer. It was, it was I, I had that beer. I served it to guests at my daughter's, what was it? Second, first, second birthday. Okay. And people, they drank it all. It was, it was that good. So for what? me, it, they loved it. I loved it. It was just a good, refreshing beer that was like relaxing to enjoy. You know what I mean? Nice. It just tastes great. And I imagine that the same people showed up for the third, the fourth, and the fifth birthday, <laughs> yeah, right. and the gifts just kept getting better. Unfortunately, you can't kick out family. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but, not for lack of trying. Yeah, you're right. Now, what's funny about that, I tend to not drink wheat beers these days. Okay. Because I, I feel like most people, maybe I'm speaking out of my ass, but most people, their palate changes. So they'll get into beer liking IPAs. Yeah. And then they'll say, you know what? I'm kind of burnt on IPAs. I want to do stouts. Well, now I want to do Belgians. How about sours? So it's kind of a roller coaster that okay. you go through. And you'll come back to the favorites, but um, besides that instance, um, my uncle would always kind of like sneak me beers. Like everybody has that uncle, you know, that, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that hooks it up. Yeah. Um, he gave me this beer from North Coast Brewing okay. in California called Old Rasputin. Bro, that's the, that's the that's a dark, heavy ass oh beer. Oh my god, yes it is, and I enjoyed it. So. Really? Oh my god, I love I love coffee. I love chocolate. Okay, you get those notes from it. I want to say it was like winter time again, quote unquote, some yeah. sort of winter, whatever yeah, that yeah. means. But it just hit the spot. I had a nice cigar, so that it all kind of came together. And still to this day, there's like a, a warm spot in my heart. Whenever I see old recipe, and I'm like, yeah, it's, just, it's it's a polarizing beer. It's a love or hate beer. Yeah, it's bold. It's yeah. in your face. The story behind recipe is insane as it is. Like it, it's just for me, it was like the full picture. Everything. Yes, the whole experience. Yeah. 
Wow, so. it's funny, um, <clears throat> which I, I kind of, uh, I'm going to toot my own horn. No, please, please, I want to hear um, I want to say a little more than a year ago, I started on this journey of like, I'm going to try as many beers as I can. Um, For a while there, uh, shouts out to the world of beer and plantation, which is no longer there, unfortunately. Uh, Did you pull up there at the world of beer and plantation? I I, I live in Cooper City, so that was like right there. I know. Okay, so um, every Thursday night, I was there with a couple of the union buddies. Um, shouts to Ralph, shouts to Craig, and uh, we got to know the staff there. And every Thursday, we try to do it as weekly. Um, being in the AC trade, sometimes you're on call a week or whatever, family. So we try to do it as frequently as possible on a weekly basis. And they would all clown on me because I'm like, this app, the, the World of Beer app, you're uh, you're plugging in the beers you try or it yes. keeps track of the beers you try. Yep. So I'm like, okay, I'm going. So I'd get there and I'm like, all right, what I have, what haven't I tried yet? All right, give me that one, give me that. One. Anyway, long story short. Old Rasputin sitting on the tap there, and I was like, just pour that one for me, I'll, I'll try that one. And I sat there and I was like, wow, this is a heavy beer, I think I'm done for the night. Yeah. And I mean, and granted, Thursday night, you're not trying to get too no. soft because you got to work the next day, so I mean, my limit was about four. My li- limit was definitely about four beers, and yeah. I might have been at the second or the third one at that point. I was like, "Oh no, this is it. This is oh, that, this is, that's this is the wrap up here. Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> real quick. Yeah, that that's a beer. I agree with you. You're not gonna sit on the beach and like chug those. You're not gonna probably have more than one at a sitting. But yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah, the only one, and it wasn't bad. Um, it, it was actually pretty good. The only one that I think that I had after that that was even heavier, and I said, oh, definitely I can't drink that, is the, I think it's Oscar Blues 1050. Oh, man, yeah. That one's like, yeah. I, I, we, we started joking around. We're like, 10, it's like, that's motor oil. It's that's like that's a, just going like to say. It's motor yeah. oil. Yeah. That's why it has the numbers on it. 1050, yeah. Throw a W in there. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah right. or something. Forget it, man. Yeah, that, that's a fantastic. They have a... Uh, Barrel aged version of that. Okay. They, they do. They, they have some fantastic beer. Yeah. That's nice. Nice. I hear that they're changing the labels on all their beers. Yeah, apparently. I think they're doing a rebrand. So a rebrand. Freshening up the, the look okay. and feel. We did the same thing not too long ago. I think it's it's good because sometimes like what's what's visually appealing at the time tends to not be. Yeah. Years and years down the road. Yeah. So I don't think they're completely departing from their look. Yeah. They're just giving it a refresh. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Speaking of refresh, we're going to get Let's into the it. second beer. This one is your the Caribbean Sour. Yes, sir. Caribbean Sour. So, Caribbean Sour. Now, this is the beer I told you we intentionally throw bacteria in. So, okay. yeast is in the fungus family, whereas we use lactobacillus, a type of bacteria, to sour this beer. So, okay. it produces lactic acid. It produces uh, sour and tartness, and it's a kettle sour. So, we'll mash into our kettle, right? So, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and start the process of beer, but inoculate it with some bacteria and let it sit for a day, most likely two days. And what's happening is the pH is dropping. Okay. So the more the pH drops, the more acidic it becomes. Mm. Once it's at the right level of acidity that we determine, we're gonna boil it to kill those bugs. Um. So that we don't infect La Rubia or Pops or Father Francisco <clears throat> or Magic City, etc. Okay. And then we brew it like a regular beer and we finish it by adding passion fruit, pineapple, and mango. Nice, so once I, so once a person comes in and enjoys this beer, the bacteria's right, long yeah. gone. Okay, <laughs> I was wondering because I was like, well, it can't be that bad to have a bacteria. That means that if you ever catch the disease, I mean, you could fight off whatever it is. It's that, like a probiotic, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it keeps you regular. <laughs> Let me give this one a but, shot uh, here. No, it's a fantastic beer. Um, you know, four percent tropical. It's almost like a shandy sort of deal, right? Yeah. So you get yeah. you get the fruitiness to it. 
it's not too sour because I've, I've had some sours that you just it feels like you're drinking like battery acid yeah and your yeah. face right immediately you your pucker, lips go to that yeah you and, salivate and that didn't happen on this one I and the reason I was interested in this one because I know there's there's a sour craze going on oh yeah right now and everybody's like the sours and mm-hmm. so you, again I'm here trying to try different beers and I have the sour and I'm like why are people drinking this yeah like what is this um but this definitely doesn't have that real sour kick that, and I guess I don't know if it go, takes us back to when we were kids and we were sour patch kids sure. or what. Everybody sweet likes. Tarts, everybody has. Smarties, not everybody has a sweet tooth. Yeah, exactly. All, all the things that we like would would eat. And Certain layers of the jawbreaker kids. have yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what it is? Um, it's just such a it's such a different taste in beer, and really the style yeah. is, is a Berliner Weiss, so which means loosely a wheat beer from. Berlin, a white beer. So, okay. um, when you go to Berlin, that's where the style was essentially born. And but what's unique about that is that you know the, the Germans have what's called the, the Reinheitsgebot. Right? Okay. Yeah, but, I'm gonna pronounce that real quick. No, you, you know that. It's the, <laughs> yeah. the pretty much the beer purity law, meaning that back in the 1500s, they were putting all kinds of crap in beer. Okay. Herbs, spices, some you know toxic, you know mm. ingredients, and they said, look, beer, let's standardize it. It has to have malt, hops, and water. At the time, yeast wasn't known. It was okay. like, it just fermented. It was an act of God, right? Yeah. But with that, when you order a Berliner Weiss in, in Germany, they'll ask you if you want any syrup with it. And you're like, what? Like, what? Mm. tell me more. Mm. So they'll have either raspberry syrup or or Woodruff or any kind of like fruit purees that they'll add okay. at the point of sale. So technically if you brew a Berliner Weiss well, what we just made you right here that already has the fruit in it yeah. is not considered beer in the eyes of Germans oh, whereas right. over there it's flavorless or not flavorless um, it's without fruit flavoring Okay. so they open the beer they pour in your glass and then they add the fruit in your glass uh, that's a kind of a way to okay. bypass their uh, their purity wall okay, okay. So very, I was over there in um, was it two years ago three years ago so like 2017 it was very odd to mm. see that because they, they, yeah. they served the beer in like it looked like an ashtray but like a tall ashtray like okay. it was very stout like almost like a rocks glass okay but shorter and wider and wider and they and I said yeah sure throw some raspberry in there so they put some raspberry juice they poured the beer on top and they and they put a straw in there I'm like what is this like I'm drinking out of an ashtray raspberry <laughs> juice through a straw like what is happening <laughs> You know? Yeah, that's awesome. What am I having a zipper head here where I'm trying to get through a straw? It was a very unique experience, I can tell you that. Wow. But uh but yeah, this is our take on it. What's cool is we have a sour series. So this sour is only available through March. Okay. After that, we're bringing back our Bohemian Raspberry. Okay. Our take on Queen, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody Raspberry. It's a raspberry sour. It's got a bright pink color. Okay. Very, you know, aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, eye-catching. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're going to tinker and toy around with a new beer come the end of the year. Okay. You wanna, we, have, we don't have a name for it, but we have the concept. We want to do a tamarind sour. You know, wow. Okay. Which is yeah. naturally so- yeah, sour, sour and sweet. Kinda yeah. has that yin-yang to uh-huh. it. So. Nice. We're excited. And nice. we, we, we've identified the demand for sour, so let's do it year-round. We'll just change the flavor as like the year goes on. So. Nice. Cool. Well, let's get into the third beer. Yep. So this, this one's Dodge Island. Dodge Island. So okay. Dodge Island's a German export lager. Um, it's an amber lager. It's nice and malty. Um, the main flavors are going to be the malt, the barley. You're not going to get too much in the way of hops or the yeast. Okay. That's okay. Um, being a lager, it has a smooth 
clean finish. Okay. So think of like your amber lager. That's the best way. Okay. To okay. Yeah. And the name comes from uh, Dodge Island, right? Right off of Miami. Uh, most of our beers either pay respect to Miami, to Wynwood, or to family. Okay. Kind of like the for the most part. There are exceptions to the rule. Yeah. But that's the underlying theme. And the, yeah, that's where you guys start off when it comes to the naming of the that's beers right. and the and the idea behind them. Yes, sir. That one. There's not a lot of aromatics. Nope. We don't catch a lot of it. Nope. Um, but the taste is good. Um, I like ambers sure. or amber combinations. Right. And uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's meant to be just smooth, not in your face. I mean, some, some beers are the ones that you don't have to think about. You know what I mean? Like, you don't yeah. have to dissect it. You don't yeah. have to get into it. Um, other beers, they'll develop and change with time with in your glass when they warm up. Yeah. Um, but when you just want to drink a beer, yeah. whether it's a La Rubia, I'd say Dodge Island's another contender. Okay. It's a little darker, but not jet black and not yeah. super light. Okay. No, that, that's actually a pretty good beer, too. Um, what do I usually ask about this time? See, now I'm starting to feel the effects. Ah. So, <laughs> so technically, this is my fourth sampling here. But, uh, but yeah, that, that, that's actually really good. What's the ABV on that one? Dodge Island. Ooh, I haven't had that one a minute. 5.5. Five. 5.5, five, five. Five, five. okay. Okay, still middle of the road there. That's actually good. It's it's a departure for from your... One of, reminds me of one of the earlier... Amber beers or darker beers. Amber Bach for Amber Bach popped sure. up on the scene, and for a while we were like, "Oh, what is this?" You right. know, especially coming from like you said, the usual suspects. Like, what is this Amber Bach stuff? And yeah. We, and for a while we we're like, "Oh, this is pretty good." And it was, I think it was more the fact that it was different. Absolutely. Than it, than it was a thing of where like we're really enjoying this beer. Yeah, you're right. I mean, especially with the beer like Amber Bach, you know, with, with Bach, you're typically going a little stronger in alcohol. Um, unfortunately, some beers. We'll put amber coloring in it, which doesn't, and I'm not saying amber block does, I don't know, no, yeah. but some do, yeah. and that doesn't give you much of flavor. It's more of like just looking at it, Aesthetics, seeing the color, yeah, right? Yeah. Whereas to get amber color, you'll use uh, different types of malts, roasted malts. So when you take okay. barley and you roast it similar to coffee, you're gonna caramelize uh, the sugars in the barley, so it's gonna be uh, more richer, fuller taste, mm. whether it's like toasted bread or biscuity. Um, you're also going to get a nice deeper color. Yeah. So with that, that's how we got Dodge Island to be the color that it is, is through using a little bit of caramel malts, some Munich malts that are more, you know, fuller in flavor and a little richer in color. Okay. Do the malts carry more flavor than the hops do? or, is, is, or? It really depends on the proportions that you use. Okay. Um, also, your water affects mm. that. So in my opinion, water is the commonly, the most commonly overlooked beer ingredient. Okay. Most people think if it tastes good, you can brew with it. And for the most part, that's true. Yeah. But there's a reason why, you know, Pilsner comes from Pilsen Czech Republic. Okay. And there's a reason why, you know, Guinness comes from, you know, from Ireland. Yeah. It's because their water is has different minerals that allows them to produce those beers. So if you try to brew a Pilsner in, in Ireland, yeah. it would probably taste a lot bigger than it is in Boulder, using the same water used for Guinness. Okay. And the same applies. If you try to brew a dark beer in Czech Republic without adjusting the water, it's gonna taste just light. light. So, water in, in the composition of it, the minerals, whether it's calcium, magnesium, sulfate, that all affects the flavor perception. So, some water profiles really push hops to the forward, you know, mm -hmm. part of the beer. You're gonna taste the bitters. You're gonna taste the snap of it. That nice hop bite. Um, other water profiles, and then yeast too. Yeast, they all work together. Yeah. Yeast 
uh, certain yeast and water combinations. We'll mask. We'll, or, we'll mask or... it. Well, and, and and put malt on the on the front edge. Of it. Okay. So right. it's it, it, it depends. That's, okay. that's it's complementary to one or the other. Right. So okay. there's really no written rule about it, but I can tell you right now, if you know a beer like Pops Porter. We use chocolate malt. We use ro- uh, black patent malt. Just dark roasted malts. In a beer like that, the malts are the are the forefront. So you could we have hops in that beer. Yeah. But you're not gonna pick them up. Whereas a beer like Laces, Laces IPA, it's all hops. We add you know some Pilsner malt, some two row malt. Nothing fancy on the malt department. Okay. It's really up to the brewmaster what nice. you want. Okay. You know what I mean? Cool. Cool. Which is funny because that leads a perfect segue into Magic City because in my opinion. Magic City, our pale ale is one of our more balanced beers. All we right. have the malt and the balance kind of living in harmony. Okay. Um, we use Amarillo hops, which are citrus and orangey in flavor. Uh, we use a little bit of every base malt. So we use Vienna malt, Munich malt, Two Row, Pilsner malt. Hmm. So you got good malt complexity and good hop aroma and flavor. So it kind of meshes together. Nice. All right. Let's yeah. give that one a go. I think uh, I think I should just hang, hand off the brew segment to you because that, that was a pretty good segue between the two. <laughs> eh, you know what? We we do what we can what we yeah. got. Yeah. But uh, all right, this one you can definitely smell it. Yep, Magic City. Obviously, Miami's nickname, right? The mm-hmm. Magic City, and uh, this is. Uh, what are you thinking? I see the wheels turning. Yeah. See, that's uh, you get hops in it, but. It's not. It's a. It's a good marriage dominate. between. Yeah, it doesn't dominate. Right, right. That's good. I like. Yeah. It's one of my favorite beers that we make, and I'm happy to say that we're we're gonna bring it back to distribution uh, in February, and it should run all the way through April, May. Okay. Uh, this is one of the beers that our brewmaster first made when he came on board, and it it was we loved it. We fell in love with it. Uh, I want to say it was in 2015 uh, when he, we brought the recipe on. Uh, we won a gold medal okay. in, for the in the best of Florida beer competition. Okay. So it, it's just a beer that like has so much balance. You know, it's a little higher in alcohol, but not by much. It's five point six. Okay. But like you said, it, it's it's a marriage. It all works together. You don't have conflicting flavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what the beer's trying to tell you. Yeah, because everything's present. Everything, yeah. nothing outshines the one. Well, not one section outshines the other exactly. section. Yeah, that's actually really good. Yeah. Um, I man, I appreciate that that's one. That's what I'm drinking. Because <laughs> you know, wise choice, because it does does have the citrusy in there. It does have the citrus feel, but it's not an over. It's not the same citrus as the like heavy on the citrus as the laces. Absolutely. Yeah. By far. Cool. All right, I'm a, now typically I leave, I leave this responsibility to my guests. Okay. But since I'm the one that sampled the beers, I'm going to give it the one through four. Yeah, go for it. <clears throat> I'm going to give it the one through four. So, um, Magic City, definitely a strong one, Ooh, in, in my like opinion. It. In my opinion. Okay. Um, and, and that might throw off my whole, I, I, I don't like IPAs thing, because I, I see it like being a bridging, a, a, it a, is. a bridge to... And- not to cut you off, but pale ales, that's the kind of stepping stone to an IPA because okay. when you have a pale ale and you increase the alcohol content and you increase just the hop usage, okay. you just made an IPA. An IPA. Nice. It's, it's, it's a linear progression. Like more hops, more alcohol. You take yeah. a pale ale to an IPA. And even more than that, you go to a double IPA. So that's, yeah. I think you're on that track. Okay. To be an IPA okay. lover by whatever episode, maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we're, episode at, we're at 34, I think, right episode now. Episode 200, you're going to be full in love with IPAs. <laughs> yeah, I don't doubt. I'm going to champion all the IPAs. That's right. I might just serve IPAs. That's right. Like, uh, you came to the wrong podcast if you didn't like it. It'll be IPA <laughs> brews, uh, beats and eats. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Magic City. 
definitely my number one there. And then my number two is going to be the arroz con leche. Ooh, okay. Arroz con leche, because for that same, the, the, for the reason that it, it has, it, it kind of tricks your mind into thinking, oh, it's going to be really sweet, but you're met with like a pleasurable, this isn't what I was expecting, yeah. it's not overdoing it. Um, Dodge Island, that'd be my third one. Okay. And the sour, my fourth, for the simple reason that this is just like a new experience for me, the sours. I'm trying Absolutely. to wrap my head around the sours. Um, but yeah, that's what I would I would go with here. Yeah, no problem. Dope, dope. Um, Dave, I sampled the beers this time around. <laughs> <laughs> Typically I go, thank you for playing along and so on and so forth. Yeah, but I sampled the beers. Thank you for playing along. Excellent, man. <laughs> you got a future in podcasting. Oh, man, I love that. This is Bruce B. Sinise. I'm still at the Winwood Brewing. Dave is still with me. Let's get into music in the next segment. We'll see you guys. Bruce Beats and Eats, we're here, Winwood Brewing. Uh, I just had the pleasure of sampling four different beers. Um, Dave filled me in on uh, stats and facts on each one of the beers. Uh, this is one of the 18 beers they have here. Uh, come through, check them out. Um, this segment here is the Beats portion of the podcast, yes. and this is where we get into... Dave's musical taste. Oh boy, it's all over the place. It's gonna perfect. be wild. Perfect. <laughs> okay, um, Dave. Um, music. Um, favorite artist. Oh man. Can I give you one per genre? Like that's that's. The... Let's, let's do that. Yeah. Okay. That'll oh, be something new. So I'll tell you favorite lately. So I guess I opened up with Stick Figure. Okay. Um, they're like a reggae rock sort of deal. So all right. In my opinion, they had one of the best albums that just came out, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago. Um, I wish I could tell you the name. I'm blanking out right now. That's fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. My uh, research and development never shows up to these recordings. <laughs> so I'll tell you, I got it right here. I know. All right, World, World on Fire. Okay. And they collaborate with a lot of guys like Slightly Stupid, Revolution, like that okay. kind of vibe. I love Stevie Ray Vaughan. Okay. Bluesy stuff. Nice. Love me some country, man, when it comes to... Uh, Brooks and Dunn, Montgomery Gentry, uh, rock and roll. I love. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I love Metallica, Pantera, some metal stuff. Nice. Iron Maiden. Um, man, it's it's all over the place. So that's pretty much a, a, a sneak, a glimpse into yeah. your playlist. What you would normally bump. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, yeah. Do you remember the the earliest music you kind of developed an appreciation for? Man, I was just thinking about that because I knew we had you know this this podcast to to record and. I'm thinking back, what was the first album I owned? And it's crazy. My, the first album I ever owned was uh, Busta Rhymes. Really? Yeah, I want to say it was, it was Dangerous. And that was a single Did off you, of it. Uh, or, no, that, not, um, was that, um, it, was, it was an extension level, uh, extension, extinction level event. It was before that. It no, was no, probably no. off The Coming, maybe. Was it his first album that had Wuha on it? Uh, that doesn't ring a bell, but I'm searching. Um, okay. When disaster strikes. When disaster strikes. Okay, okay. That's the one. Okay. When disaster strikes. Yeah. That and was then, the first album. That was the first wow. album. Uh, shortly after that, I got Californication by Red Hot Chili okay. Peppers. Okay. Okay. Um, it was just all over the place. It was great. Yeah. No, no discretion. Just everything that sounded good. Like I wanted. You know, the age of Napster, of LimeWire. That's right. All the That's right. Kazaa and all Kazaa, that other stuff. Kazaa, Light. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, everything. Cool, all cool. The time. 
Um, what got you into Busta Rhymes? What was it that? Um, I don't know. It was um, came across a song. And yeah, like, that it was, it was good. back when VH1 MTV played music videos. Remember those days? And I'd wake up before <laughs> school and I'd watch them. I'd be like, "Oh, this is so cool." Yeah. Uh, and some of my friends were like, "Oh, you gotta listen to this." I'm like, "Oh, this is so cool." Um, it was just yeah, my my environment. I grew up in my friends just. Um, and he was just he just rapped so fast. I was like fascinated. I'm like yeah. this guy. Like <laughs> yeah, his mouth must be like on fire. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it was pretty impressive. He's in hyperspeed. Oh yeah, exactly. I'm like I can't even speak that fast. <laughs> yeah, right. And make sense. And make sense. sense. Yeah, yeah, it's all gibberish. Yeah. Right? And um, country music. I, I've I've had guests. I'm not big uh, a big listener of country music. Sure. Um, but I, I, I constantly come across guests yeah. who talk, and they always put me on to something different. Uh, the last guest put me on to uh, the Tick song. Uh, there's one guy who talks. He Jackie has a, for Ticks? Yes. Yeah, Red that Paisley. one. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a sneaky uh, way of saying, like, hey, let me take your clothes off. <laughs> that's what I, that, and that's what I referred to. I was yeah. like, oh, this is this is a country version of game. Like, this yeah. is, this yeah, is yeah. how you finesse that's right. the situation. Uh, she thinks my tractor's sexy, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But what's it? You know, I'm glad you brought up country because I feel like nowadays country is really bridging the divide when mm. it comes to like listen to country music nowadays, and you're gonna hear so much of it have underlying rhythms and tones of R&B. Yeah. Okay, it's okay. unbelievable. Yeah, and it's. I don't know. Like, I, I appreciate it. I like it. I mean, country could go anywhere. Like any genre, it could be poppy, it could be R&B. A lot of country raps. Some is more like traditional bluegrass. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm kind of all over the place when it comes to country. There's just so much variety. Yeah. You know. So they do have like a underground version of country, I imagine Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it's it's really cool stuff, man. I mean, I can tell you. I like a lot of a, a kind of a, just a guy singing with a guitar, like acoustic, and he's yeah. on a banjo, and then you have like, you know, just like the different use of instruments. Um, yeah, lap guitars are cool. You know, nice. it's hard to describe the sound, but it's just, or we use um, like a slide, right? Okay. Put like a glass slide or steel slide, and it'll slide yeah. out. But then see, now you're going country blues. Yeah. So it, it's just. That's yeah, a whole other. There's so much to it. You could get and, into And, and I'm, I feel like I'm just continuing to discover more of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just going back. Because I know what's out now. Yeah. But to see where all that came from and where it was inspired from. Yeah. You know? The influences that exactly. they use for where they're at now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I've had guests, I've, I've had conversation uh, when people said, you know, when they asked me, what do you think about the state of, you know, hip hop? And, uh, and it's, I, I feel like it's in a good place because despite that, um, there's something for everybody. The only thing is, the only caveat is that you have to look for it because you're, so you're not gonna, and I, I'm wondering if country um, is the same where it's, you're probably not gonna like everything that's on the radio. Um, but there, there are other options. It's just a matter of where you look for it. You're absolutely right. And I mean, I, I can tell you that last week, so so recent as last week, I found a, an Apple playlist of 2000s and 2010 country, and and man, so many great songs I'd forgotten about. Some songs I didn't even know. But yeah, you it, and it's and there's just like no better rewarding feeling when you find in your mind what you've been looking for mm. so you know what's out there yeah but you just don't know like like Hank Williams love that just like his voice his style his grit just the, the music plays and then then I'll shift to something like disco love disco Bee Gees. really okay massive Bee Gees okay. fan like 
uh, Atlanta rhythm section, just wow. like groovy, funky. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, man, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I didn't get my head inspected. That is, <laughs> no, man, that's a, like, that's a good trait to have. I mean, especially I, I have a feeling that there's a bunch of people who get paid off of music that don't even have that 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 uh how do you say it? that plethora of taste sure or that wide that wide range of a palette yeah I mean, that that's I, yeah. I i agree with that and i mean by by no means am i a musician mm -hmm. but I, I i have you know i own a few electric guitars a bass guitar a keyboard i dabble okay you know i mess around I, I like to think of myself as like the 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 weekend warrior campfire guitarist there you go and you give me enough to drink and i'll, and I'll and sing something i'll build something out and... but but with that i mean just listening to different genres whether it's R&B, country, metal, hip-hop, pop, I could almost, even though I may not per se enjoy it, I, I enjoy the fact that I understand what the artist intended to do. Like okay. hearing the progression of, of chords or hearing yeah. like the beat drop yeah. or hearing like a fiddle solo. It's just something like whatever the genre is, just fully understanding like this is the mark they're trying to make and they did it. They nailed it. Okay. It may not be for me. I may not have listened to that on repeat. Yeah. But I understand and I appreciate what they do. Nice. Like nice. just dissecting what they're doing. Okay. So that's dope. That's dope. <laughs> is, is there any? I mean, we're, we've got music in the background now. Um, is there any time someone could pull up to the uh, to the brewery and find uh, Dave's playlist bumping? Oh or? man. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> or, or do you get overridden when it comes to the oh, to the playlist? <laughs> Oh man, that's that's a good question. So I would tell you back back when I used to brew mm -hmm. for Winwood, yeah. um, you could tell which brewer was making beer okay. based on what music was playing. Nice. So you didn't have you, you, just, you could walk in the back blindfolded. Yeah. Um, you would know automatically. So if it was classic rock, right? Like some Def Leppard, okay. some Guns N' Roses. That that was a brewmaster. White name. Snake. And yeah, whatnot. exactly. Yeah. For a fact. Um, <laughs> My, my boy Rudy, um, he's actually, he's, he's a veteran, right? Okay. He, uh, he's now at the VA playing music as part of therapy for veterans. Excellent. He, he's, he's a stud. Like, he's, he graduated Excellent. from UM and he's fantastic. Amazing guitarist, pianist, bass player. He would play kind of a combination of stuff when he would brew. It would be like, like big scores and really symphonic symphonic yeah um it's just cool like i mean with me man it, it would really vary on the mood it would vary on how okay. i woke up that day i like to play a lot of chill music a lot of like kind of different types of reggae nice um if it's like we're, we're going in for a 13 hour day and we know it i'm cranking up the metal like mm. to 11 you know what i mean just like metallica master of puppets it's gonna like, like stand there right next to you and fight this fight that's and make right. sure this beer that's gets right. done. Like, it's, like, <laughs> it's like two soldiers saying this is it's us against the world yeah. <laughs> so yeah man it really yeah i don't know I, I like to think that all of us and just like how the brewers have their own taste and you can tell who's brewing based on what they play mm -hmm. the same can be said about bartenders so okay I feel like, man, what Nancy, our taproom general manager, she's a sweetheart. She always, almost always, will have on like surf rock, like hipster surf rock. Okay. Kind of like groovy, guitar-y, yeah. sounding. Okay. Javi, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, he went to Berkeley School of Music. He, he could play like 20 different instruments. Really? Like I could That's sing like I never even heard. Wow. Um, he has probably one of the more diverse tastes in Taste. music. So. Okay. Everything. Nice. But it's cool. Because, I mean, we, we're all so connected to music. Like, 
you know, whether it's going to see Zach Brown band or Dave Matthews band or, you know, a tribe called Quest, like, like yeah. MF Doom, like, there's just so much that, and, and by brewing with all these guys, it would turn me on to so many new things and yeah. vice versa. Like, I would just love to come to work to see, well, what am I going to hear today that I've never heard before? Yeah. And then yeah. play it again and then play it again. So, yeah. honestly, that's one of the things I look forward to. I mean, we have a banging sound system. Shout out to my parents. We have their old sound system in their house. Okay. In the brewery. Strategically <laughs> wired throughout the brewery. Nice. With a subwoofer and everything. So okay. we're, there's that times that we get told, like, turn down the music. It's too loud. It's louder than the tapper music. <laughs> and the glass is shaking. So the beer is happy. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Good vibes. Good vibes oh towards the beer. You get good beer. Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. Dave. Um, yeah, man. We got to know a little bit about your taste in music. Yeah. Your wide, the wide taste in music. Oh, man. Yeah, all the different areas that you, uh, music you enjoy. And, and that's a good, another good thing. Another plus sure. about working in a brewery is... You can play music like that. Like typically, you're in an office or whatnot. You're sitting there with your headphones on, and you really can't play music, or, yeah. or you can't keep headphones in because if somebody walks in and wants to talk to sure. you. Sure. So, but that's a, a, another reason. If we're gonna go over like top five reasons why you should work at a brewery, <laughs> we just we just came up with three. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> dope. So that's the beats portion. Bruce Beats and East the podcast. One more portion left. Me and Dave, we're gonna stick around and get to that one. Stay tuned. Yeah. Bruce Beats and Eats. I am Old Head Ed. I got Dave with me. Dave Rodriguez, Winwood Brewing, uh, Beer Missionary. Let's get into Beer Missionary. I think we, I think yeah. we overlooked that. So Beer Missionary, before we get into the, this is typically the eat segment. Like I say, the pinnacle, we're rounding third, heading home, and this is where we get into our, my, ga- my guest's <clears throat> music, musical. No, we did music already. Did music. My guest's food taste, you That's know, favorite talking. food, favorite dish, the beer talk. The beer cannot have his own podcast because it would be a <laughs> failure. It'd be worse than this one, and oh, this no. one's pretty bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this one's pretty bad. But... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before we get into Dave's food taste, um, I, I, I teased earlier the beer missionary. Um, let's get into what a beer missionary is. Sure. Well, it's um, so really beer missionary, missionary of beer. It all kind of was a title that just came about because, I mean, I feel like in today's day, everybody's so set on like, you're the sales guys. You're going to be called sales executive. Okay. You're the production. You're called, so in trying to bring a freshness, bring kind of something new and exciting. Okay. Um, we were all given, within reason, the ability to kind of give ourselves our own titles. So, with me, I mean, I, I started brewing in the back, so my official title was Cellarman uh, Brewer, right? Okay. So what I did. I yeah. brew and I would sell their beer. Um, Brewmaster, brews beer. Um, so, when I transitioned to sales, I said, man, I don't want to just be called sales rep. Sale, it's yeah. kind of, so what? Mm-hmm. It's vanilla. Yeah. So, I said, well, what? I thought long and hard about it. Like, what, what is it going to be? Because I wanted to make an impression on people. I wanted to be a talking point. And beer missionary just popped in my mind. Like, man, I go around to, to bars, restaurants, hotels, you know, supermarkets, liquor stores, and I'm literally proclaiming to people why they should buy my beer. 
and I'm like, I'm a missionary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm preaching to people. You're spreading and the beer gospel. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and, and believe it or not, people tend to want to listen to a gospel yeah. that has beer in it. Yeah. So, so through that, you know, the missionary of beer was born. Um, you know, we we, uh, we joke around, we have fun with it. So just to rattle off a few of the other titles of some of our guys. Here, okay. You know, uh, Chief Gringo. Okay. My boss. He's a white boy, <laughs> as you can tell. That uh, is the, the head Gringo in charge. That's right. <laughs> uh, VP of Sales and Marketing is his official title, but you know, when it comes to our accountant, you know, Lord of the Ledger, Master of Coin. Um, nice. Marketing wizard. That's kind of you know, it's, it's a little safe. Uh, Empress of events is our events person. Okay. So like it goes back to you know just having fun with it and instead of when you hand your car to somebody, a lot of times they're gonna look at it, they're gonna flip it around. That's 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 you made your first impression. That's their next impression. Yeah. And so first off, our cards are like damn near throwing stars. They're thick. I will show <laughs> yeah. you. They're just like you know twenty I have, yeah, I have pound yours, paper like. <laughs> You think you grab like 10, it's you solid. grab like one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a solid card, can be used in self-defense if needed. And then also when you see that title, like, oh, Missionary Beer, like, that's funny, that's different. Yeah. And, then, and then they're like, tell me about that, just mm-hmm. like you did now. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, okay, well, here I'm going to tell you about that and sell you on beer. So yeah. it just kind of all comes together, yeah. you know what I mean? A dope concept because um, you mentioned sales, oh, well, you know, having just sales, you know, sales rep. Um, sales rep to me, when I see it, it indicate it from from first you know face value a first look it's like sales rep is like it's more not so much what this guy's know what this person knows it's that he, he's good at selling you something sure regardless of the quality of the product that's what they're they're good at right you definitely have knowledge beyond the salesman that doesn't get captured in a, a car that says sales rep <laughs> so I mean brewing that's there's 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 a lot more that goes to your title and that so that's that's pretty dope man I commend you're, you you're absolutely right I mean it kind of is all encompassing like I started brewing I moved to sales I, I think I, that that's an advantage knowing all parts of the process yeah. speaking to how this beer is made yeah. as opposed to reading a piece of paper you know what Correct. I mean so it, it definitely does help and again going back to it missionary beer it's just it, it just it's all encompassing yeah the full package like brewing to selling to drinking to enjoying yeah. Man on a mission. That's right. Definitely. All right, cool. So let's get into this food talk. Let's do it. Uh, Dave, I typically ask my guests uh, favorite meal or favorite food, go-to food. Um, I want to try a little something a little bit different. Um, your ideal meal day, breakfast to dinner. What would that look like? Well, the way the way I'm thinking about it okay. is, it feels like last meal. Okay. Okay. I don't want to sound morbid or anything. No, but I mean, we're, we're but, talking like all serious, like the good approach on yeah. picking out what it is that you yeah, would well, like to have before. Because I, I typically don't eat like this, and if I did, I'd probably weigh like 800 pounds. <laughs> but so I'll, I'll tell it to you like that. Okay. So for breakfast, for sure, first thing that pops in my mind, eggs, bacon, biscuits, and gravy. Okay. Like hearty, yeah. grits on the side, making cheese grits. It's like, you know what I mean? Biscuits and gravy is like... Just it's comfort food for sure. Yes, fills you up for like hours. Hours, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably not the best for you or your cholesterol. Okay. Um, no, no, no. My, but my, at this point, who's counting? That's right. My one, well, my wife here is just going to be like, "You didn't say any fruit, or you didn't say <laughs> yeah. any like." We're like, no. Sautéed vegetables. No. We have that. So, so there's that. Okay. Um, I'd be remiss 
if I didn't say uh, German white sausage Weisswurst. Okay. That stuff is unbelievable. I had a ton of it when I was in Germany. And, really? and here's what's unique about it. It's a combination of pork and veal. A little okay. bit more veal has like parsley, some other stuff. You don't eat the casing, so you cut it down the middle and you typically have that with a pretzel and sweet mustard. Mm. And it's like very fine ground sausage. It's creamy. It's like, it's the best hangover food. Really? And because it's a breakfast type sausage, it's not, it, it, there's no preservatives in it. So they make it and if it doesn't sell before lunchtime, it's gone. They throw it it's out. It's gone, okay. So it's one of those things. that That's like, man, I, I'm about to say, yeah, eggs, German white sausage, biscuits and gravy, okay. side of grits. Nice. Like, okay. yeah, hard second, yeah. waiting to happen. Yeah. <laughs> lunch, um, I tend to not go, I don't go heavy on lunch because I feel like that puts me in like a slump, you know? So yeah. I'm not going to reach for that greasy burger. I would say a good lunch that I, that I look forward to and enjoy it's like a chicken Caesar wrap. Okay. Chicken Caesar salad, light, refreshing, has some Portable, flavor. on the go. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm the worst at like sitting still and eating lunch. I'm always doing something, driving, yeah. uh, running, talking. Yeah. So portable, on the go, convenient, quick, easy. Okay. That's me. Nice. For dinner, man, I would say, I love that. I, w- I would say like roast duck, medium rare, pan sauce, right? A little reduction action mm. on some mashed potatoes. Nice. I'm telling you, man, and, and I'll say this, I, I love to hunt. Okay. I love to eat wild duck, which is very different than farm-raised duck, because duck is a form of poultry. Farm-raised ducks are white meat, whereas we talk about waterfowl, like ducks that, that migrate from Canada, from, you know, northern states down to South Florida. Okay. Their meat is treated like beef. Wow. Like you cook it to temperature. You never want to overcook it because it has blood in the meat. It's going to taste like livery. But it's just so fresh and it just tastes so good. It's unbelievable. And you, and you can't buy it anywhere. You have to shoot it out of the sky. <laughs> like straight up. So those are your options. That's you're, it. You're not going to have it unless you get I'll say I think I'm crazy. I think I'm a redneck. And that might be true for both. <laughs> but a close second is squirrel. Really? Like the things that are in the trees that eat nuts? Yeah, no, and it's... <laughs> Dude. Uh, now, it's not as fancy or as sexy as like a nice porterhouse steak or like, you know, yeah. some fancy color. But I'm telling you, dude, you ever have a squirrel? It'll change your life. Now, and I'm not talking to the squirrels that eat garbage in your neighborhood yeah, that are yeah, like yeah. in your trash can. I'm talking like in the middle of the woods, squirrels that eat nuts, which tastes okay. good. Yeah, and, you, know, you got your fats. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's in the meat. Yeah, the oil's you. in there. A young squirrel will fry up like the best chicken wing you ever had. Wow. And I, I, I don't know the exact quote, but I can tell you in my research on recipes and the history of people eating squirrel, going back to, to Daniel Boone and the first okay. pioneers. Yeah. Um, shortly afterwards, James Beard, right? The, okay. The, the chef behind the, the James one, the Beard award, Foundation yeah. the award, mm-hmm. had a, a fantastic quote about squirrels and in that they were like one of the finest table fairs that people don't know about. Wow. And again, you're not going to go to Publix and pick up some squirrel next to your <laughs> pork or chicken. It's just, and people get turned off like, oh, but it's cute and why would you do that? Yeah. But I'm telling you, 
it's fantastic. Wow, it puts a, it puts a spin on things because uh, recently I so I forgot who I was hanging out with or someone was watching YouTube videos. I'm like, what are you watching? I'm like, what are they? And it's a cooking video, and I'm like, oh, yeah. what are they making? She's like, yeah, they're double fried squirrel, dude. And I was like, are you serious? So <laughs> like, good. <laughs> yeah. The scary part is that that wasn't that long ago, and now you're telling me that you've experienced it. So that's I think squirrels in your future. <laughs> and and hey, listen, eat chicken stuff. of the tree, man. Yeah. That's what it is. It's chicken of chicken the tree. Of the tree. It's so good, just delicious white meat. Excellent. I'm telling you. Dope, dope. You might lose some view or some listeners. Some listeners? From this. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Yo, it is what it is, man. It's 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 worth a shot. Don't knock it till you try it. My rule is. Uh, I'd try things twice just yeah. to be sure. Just to be sure, yeah. That yeah. first time might not have been the most accurate representation, but that second time, you'll sure should find out. Damn. Yeah, dope, dope, Dave. An interesting, uh, an interesting conversation. You put me on to some stuff. Um, uh, roast duck. Uh, I've never. I don't think I've ever had any wild duck. I've had roast. Uh, grilled roast duck strips at maybe like an Asian restaurant, which is great. Which it wasn't bad, and I was it's I was fatty. pleasantly surprised yeah. by it too. And I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Absolutely. Um, but I but after a while, I imagine it's like it, it was at a you know at a spot that I'm sure doesn't specializes in it. So, but right. it probably would be better if you actually had the whole experience. Sure. So, um, man, it's, a, it's an intimate trip. connection to your food when you catch it on on a hook and line when yeah. you uh, when you when you shoot it when you you know where it's coming from i kind of like that i like that attachment to, okay. to your food yes. you know what i mean yeah Personally. yeah um speaking of food brewery does it we have food here at the brewery we do not we so don't. we are in the process of expanding so next door we're going to double our size and build a large tap room build a kitchen okay uh i'd say check facebook and instagram because that's where you're going to see when we have various food trucks and pop-ups okay we've got a fantastic pop-up i want to say it's on saturdays don't quote me but they do puerto rican food so they'll do fungo oh, do yeah. it's just melts in your mouth nice. um, and it varies you know depending yeah. on what holiday we have we'll try to match the food um but yeah so food food is on the way uh we're more than happy if you want to bring in your own food okay uh, i think we have some specials during the week where it's Pretty much bring in your lunch and get half off beers. Like spend your lunch break here. Nice. Why be cooped up in a cubicle, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Get away from the office. Have a beer. Have some good ambiance. Okay. Have your lunch. So. Dope, dope. Yeah, yeah no, I, I like I like the pop up thing too because it, it it switches things up. Keep it fresh. It switches things up and then um, you could kind of incorporate beers with food and kind of test things out where you're like, all right, well it's not always the same food, and then you could try to figure out what beers taste better with what you know a pair. I mean, use the proper right. term pairs right, with yeah. certain. Food. Food. So that that's pretty cool, but mofongo, man. I you set it um, off with some mofongo now. Now, now that might be my next food that, mission. That's comfort meal right there. That, it's that, been a minute since man, I had some mofongo. That'll get you right. That's For good real. hangover food. That's good feel good food. I mean, you can make it any different way, whether it's pork, beef, yeah, squirrel, squirrel, <laughs> squirrel mofongo. I haven't done that yet. We're but onto something. Now it's here. on my list. I mean, probably similar to chicken mofongo. You know, everybody says everything tastes like chicken, right? Yeah. Every, yeah. Well, yeah. squirrel tastes like chicken. Lovely. <laughs> Listen, Dave, man, once again, um, we talked food. We, we discussed your taste in food. Um, it's great. I mean, whether I lose listeners or not, that's fine. This is an opinion-based podcast, and you <laughs> shared your opinion, and nobody could be mad at that. So um, I'll say this. If, if people get a little upset about the squirrel thing, you could 
follow me on Instagram and then unfollow me. And that, that'll be kind of like the knock on me. Don't, like, take it out on me. Please, let's keep the integrity, you know, the podcast going. So, dope, Hey, listen, yeah. if, if Andrew Zimmerman can do it, I'm sure oh, he's had some crazy yeah. shit. And he has a TV show that everybody watches. That's true. You know, so that's, that's not too far off. Not man. at all. Not to say that my podcast is the integrity of a show, <laughs> of a show that's on the Travel Network, but <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting that's right, there. right, one step at a time. Dave, um, thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks for it's having me. I, I, I enjoyed the time drinking beer. Appreciate it, man. All the knowledge, everyone. We're big on in this pe- podcast. We're big on each one, teach one. We've, I, I honestly feel that I've learned a lot, and I'm sure my listeners have learned as well. Um, as always, at this point in time, what I like to say is uh, this is Bruce Beast and he's the podcast. I'd like to thank my guest, Dave, from Winwood Brewing for sitting down, taking the time, and talking it up with me. I'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in yet another week. Um, Bruce Beats, the letter N Eats on Instagram, um, Twitter. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? I think that's pretty much it. I mean, where you find most of the information. And um, as always, if you enjoyed what you heard, tell a friend. If you didn't enjoy it, tell an enemy. Tell somebody. Somebody wants to know, especially if you hear somebody else talking about podcasts, if they're into them, let them know about it. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. This is Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. And we're out.